for week two in our series, Everyone Everywhere. And I just want to show you where we were in week one. So if you are just catching up with us, you've not missed too much. But in week one, what we said is that the kingdom of God is moving towards everyone everywhere. We believe God's heart and posture of the kingdom was revealed in Jesus, and that is one that comes in flesh. And then he says, don't worry, I'm not going to leave you alone. The Holy Spirit is going to come and it's going to empower you and going to lead you and guide you. We believe this is God's heart. And this is the kind of community we want to be, to have an expectation for God's kingdom to come and to realize that we get to participate in that. And in week one, the big thing was this. Everyone worships. Everyone. The question is, who or what will you worship? Who or what will we worship? Everybody's life puts something in the number one slot. Maybe it's yourself, and you just make everything cater to yourself. You would be who you worship. And what's interesting is whoever we worship consumes our life. It just begins to consume as much as we give it. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's work. Maybe it's kids. Maybe it's Jesus. Everyone worships. We said this in Romans 12. This was kind of the text. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer yourselves as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. We are called to worship. We were made for worship. There are things that come alive in you because of how God has designed you and what he's inviting you into. And we just believe here at the vineyard that he's inviting you into his story. That God wants you to be a part of his story and you play an important part in the wonderful work of God here in the earth. A couple weeks ago, my wife Lauren had shared a meme with me about an interesting conversation that happened at a church, and I think it just focuses us perfectly on what this call to worship is and how subtle we can miss it. It's a conversation of a churchgoer who happened to be talking to Francis Chan, and the random churchgoer says this, I didn't really like worship today. I'm glad none of us had that problem this morning. It was so good. Oh, my gosh. I didn't really like worship today, the random churchgoer says, and Francis Chan replies, that's okay, we weren't worshiping you. In a culture where we're actually catered to get what we want, to have everything we want, in an incredible expression of the beauty and diversity of the church, sometimes we miss it when we walk into a place and we think it's about us. Church, this place, although you are so important to God, is actually not about us being worshipped. It's about God being worshipped. Our lives are intended to allow God to be king and Lord, to be the one who saves us. And here is what just absolutely boggles my mind. When we discover life in Jesus and we allow God to be the consuming fire that takes over all of our life, and we understand surrender, and we understand sacrifice, and we lay our lives down, what we get in return is the fullness of God being generously given back to you. 
It is the one thing that when we get consumed by the author of life, the giver of life, as much as you surrender, God will give you back everything you need and more. So in those moments where you realize it's not about you, that is okay. Because the God who speaks and things come into existence will speak life to your heart, purpose to your heart, calling to your heart, identity to your mind, to your life. Everything will begin to be filled with the presence of the living God. And I go, may it be in my life. It is good news. Like church, I know you've probably heard a lot of bad news over the last, your entire life. This is good news. Like, this is good news. Like, the church has good news today. The work of God's kingdom is active today. There is hope for your heart today. And it is anchored in a life of worship. But it's challenging. Because it says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed. What is that talking about? Well, I know one pattern of the world that I've seen in my lifetime is selfishness. The normal rhythm of the world apart from God is selfishness, and we need to shift from a self-absorbed outlook to a kingdom outlook. And this is challenging, at least for me. But here's the other thing, and I think we need to understand this. The pattern of the world is a collision of spiritual warfare, a spiritual battle. There is a pattern of the world outside of God's kingdom that it says the kingdom of darkness, the authority of Satan or the prince of the air, is developing a pattern in people that is in opposition to God. And you can look all the way back in Genesis. It's the story of the garden. God's kingdom is inviting you to a story of transformation and hope where the patterns of your life will be renewed. You will have a new way of thinking. You will have a new way of feeling. You will have a new way of relating. And so I just want you to know, as wonderful as that sounds, do not be conformed to the patterns of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That is total life reconstruction. It is everything about me being reoriented to the work of God and the way of God. And so this might be a little bit uncomfortable, and it should be. It should be. See, we anchor in our calling for worship because that is the foundation in which God will then begin to build us up in the ways of his kingdom. What we had said last week is start in me. It does us no good to look out at everybody else and go, you get your life together so it can be easier for me, okay? What we do in humble surrender is come into God's presence and say, God, would you work in me? Anything good I want to see in the world, anything good I want to see in other people, anything good I want to see in my coworkers or in my family, start in me. And as a community, when we begin to live that way together, what we'll see God do is God will work in us. God will work in us. See, it says this if we continue on in verse 3, 4. By the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, 
Though many form one body and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. And if it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Do it cheerfully. There's so much invitation to us here to realize that the work of God's kingdom is a work in us. It is a work in us. And when we begin to say, God, I want to give you authority in my life. I want to follow your lead. I want to follow your guiding voice. I want to put myself in your word. I want to read scripture and I want to live a life of prayer and I want to develop a heart of worship so that wherever I go, I'm giving glory to your name through my actions and through my relationships and through my life and through my thoughts and through my emotions and every part of me, revealing your goodness to everyone, everywhere. Everyone, everywhere. In order for that to happen, we have to have humility at our heart. Humility at our heart. See, this is why we have to anchor in worship, because it is only through a posture of worship we can understand God is God and I am not. Cultivate the humility of my heart. Holy Spirit, would you do a work in me that deals with my pride? You know how how much we all have pride? It just shows up real easily. It's just like, oh, I know better. I know better than you. Pride shows up in the judgments we have. And you might not have pride, but Facebook has pride. Comment sections have pride. In my work environment, do I have pride? Among my siblings, do I have pride? And not that like, you know, pride like I have in UTSA who's 4-0 in their football season pride. Pride in the arrogance of my heart that says, God, I know better. And I know better than you, and I know better than you, and I know better than you. See, the work of Jesus is a work of humility. And in this invitation for God to work in us, we need to understand we are part of something so much bigger than us. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. We have to understand, Paul is writing a letter to believers in Rome, and so as we read this, we can't just read that one verse, be transformed by the renewing of your mind in a standalone, I read that verse, and then I move on to the other stuff, and maybe that's optional. The renewing of our mind is expressed in what's coming. The renewing of our mind is that we wouldn't think of ourselves more highly than we ought, but we would anchor ourselves in faith. In God, it's his grace and mercy. It's a gift we've received. And if I can receive that gift, I've got good news, church. So can you. And if I'm receiving the gift, the first thing that you know about me is I need it. Oh, man. See, this is the trap about being a pastor. We need Jesus more than you. Oh, wait, that was prideful. I put myself above you. I need Jesus as much as you. I need Jesus And the work of the Spirit in my life, I every day need humility at my heart that says, God, have your way. 
Make me more like Jesus, who although he was God, did not consider equality with God something to hold on to, but he made himself nothing, and he came in the flesh. That is the humility of our heart that we are all being invited into when we find our identity in Jesus. Be transformed. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. God's will greater than my will. Because we have to connect it in a letter, right? 1136, right before this. For for him and to him and through him are all things. To God be the glory forever. Amen. Come on. I don't know about you, but I'm aware of God's presence here, and so this is fun for me. And let me just, let me just get, some of you just need freedom today for this. Faith is something we receive as a gift from God. It is not your good work for God. According to the faith you received, whatever faith you have, just receive more. Just allow the humility. God, thank you for that faith. Would you just give me more faith? It's a gift from you. It's not a religious spirit. It anchors us in God's good work for us. Everything we have is good from God. Everything. As we were worshiping today, uh, one of our leaders sent me a text, and we were singing a song, You Are Good. In the morning, I will sing, You Are Good. In the evening, I will sing, You Are Good. And as we were worshiping, she just said, I think that there are some of you here today that you are singing that song and God sees what a sacrifice it is for you to utter those words when your circumstances are telling you something very different. That is the humility of our heart where we just go, God, you are good. That is our worship back to God to see God clearly and rightly. And we know that when we declare those things in seasons that are not good, we anchor in the truth of God's kingdom and we say, you are above all this. You are good. Even when the circumstances are not, you are good. Even when the bank account is not, you are good. Even when people have wounded me and betrayed me and hurt me, you are good. And then we sing that out of a place of humility. Some of you need to know that God is delighting in your worship today. Because you chose to declare truth in who he is. Humility at our heart. When we have humility together as a community, we're not living this individualized faith. We're stepping into God's story. And this is what happens in Christ. We belong to one another. And this is a tough word. Because what we have to begin to see is that in the family of God, we don't get to choose no, not you. Oh, we disagree, so we're, gonna, we're not going to have a relationship. Because actually, in Christ, I belong to you. We belong to one another. We belong to the church that's around the corner having their first launch service. We belong to the church that met here this weekend. We belong to one another around the globe because we are a part of God's family. Which means our identity gets above a lot of the patterns of this world and into the work of God's kingdom. Because in Christ, we belong to one another, which means we walk this journey together. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body. One body. And each member belongs to all the others. To all the others. 
And it is only by the grace of God and the work of God this is remotely possible. And it's why we have to be anchored in worship and why we need humility. Because everything right now, remember, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I'm just going to name what I see. Right now in the American church, there's an observation that we do not belong to one another. There is a battle right now for will we show the reconciling, restorative work of God's family or will we pattern ourselves after the world that's bipartisan, that's split, that's either or, that's you're over there and you're in that category and I'm over here and I'm in that category and somehow there's a dividing wall. But if God is God and has offered me forgiveness and offered you forgiveness, that is the story we get invited into, which is a kingdom work. And then we begin to realize that we all need transformation. And the renewing of our mind anchors us in a story that in Christ, we belong to one another. The many become one. The many All right, here's, here, here's how it plays out for me. This is an insight into my devotional with Jesus this week. Jesus says this, and we're going to get to this to like week three and four, and so if you don't like what I'm saying, don't come the next couple weeks because it's just like if you keep reading in Romans 12, it's just going to get harder. Jesus says, love your enemies. How in the world do we do that? This week in my devotional, I read that, and I thought about Jesus on a cross dying for me, his enemy, before I ever said, I want to follow you. In Christ crucified, in Christ buried, in Christ resurrected, in Christ, we can belong to one another because we are given an identity as his kids, and we see Christ. We have to begin to see the kingdom of God moving. So we see the world the way God sees the world. We see people the way God sees people. And we step into God's story, not the chaos of the humanity story that we see unfolding. Love for one another. Devotion to one another. Peace with one another only by the power and presence of the living God. So we're going to walk in grace. i got to just... Humility at our heart. In Christ we belong to another, and the way we do it is to walk in grace. To walk in grace. For the grace that has been given to you, walk in it. Whatever God is doing in your life, the goodness of God, the kindness of God, the peace of God, walk in it. We sat around a dinner table last night and heard story after story of hope being shared. Because God's grace is alive and well today. God's mercy is at work today. God is available for you and ready to meet you, and those are the stories we need to be sharing. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The Holy Spirit is alive and at work and wants to give you good gifts. Can I get an amen? I hope you get a good gift this week. 
I hope you begin to understand that you can wake up with anticipation that God is on the move. God is at work. God wants his kingdom to come and fill you. And then you go share it. Go share it. Go give it away. And you don't have to take the letter in Romans, 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Same Lord, same God, same work, same heart. We can be that kind of community when we say, God, work in us. Let's stand together. thing that's growing in my heart is we need a move of God in our day and in our time, in our community. We need to be people who when we leave this place, we are confident that God is in us and the Holy Spirit has authority to lead us and guide us so that everyone we encounter, everywhere we go, gets a taste of the goodness of God. And here's what I know. It is really hard to give away something that you don't feel like you have. If you feel empty, if you feel like you've been told you're worthless, that you don't have anything to offer, that is all the work of the enemy trying to, to deplete you. It is the pattern of the world trying to take everything from you that God wants to do the opposite of and fill you with his kingdom. And so I'm going to just begin to pray a prayer of invitation for God to come and for the Holy Spirit to just speak to you right where you are and it's going to be quiet for a minute and that's okay and we're going to just ask and so here's what I want you to know I think God is up to good things and if you want good things in your life in humility I just begin to posture myself in front of God and say God would you come and if that resonates with you today if that's where you are on your journey then just begin to open your life and go God here's what I want here's what I need if you are here and you are desperate you are in a wonderful posture Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come as we just begin to wait on you. We need you. It is so nice for me to say, work in us. It is so nice to say, God, would we have humility and could we be, you know, together and recognize that we are for one another. And, and what I also realize is that that's really, really, really hard and it is only a work of your kingdom where that becomes possible. So I ask, Living God, would you begin to bring your kingdom here and now in a way we can receive it? Holy Spirit, come. We just give you permission to begin to speak, to begin to whisper things to our mind, to begin to just give us pictures of your goodness. God, I pray that you would begin to help illuminate the gifts you have already given people to serve and to be generous, to teach. We just say, Holy Spirit, would you come and encounter us as a community? We wait on you. We need you, God.
this is new for you, don't dismiss those kind thoughts that are starting to come. Don't dismiss, maybe you're beginning to experience some emotion that you weren't experiencing before. God, we ask that you would speak. We need you. We need you, God. God, for people here who are hurting, we ask for your love to be poured out, that you love us as you find us, but you love us too much to leave us there. So we say, come and bring the hope of transformation to our story. Come and begin to bring people to our mind that we could love on this week. Begin to stir our, our passion for the city and the people around us, for neighbors. But God, as you do that, remind us how important we are to you and your story. So bring healing, God. Bring hope. Bring refreshing where we are so spent that we feel like we've got nothing left in the tank. We ask that you, by your spirit, would just pour into our souls today. If you're here and you're one of our prayer ministry team leaders or a small group leader, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and come on down. Just continue to experience God's presence. We're going to do a couple things at the same time as we close. Just right there, wherever God's already meeting you, speaking to you, just small group leaders, prayer ministry team. If you are here, like the, the thought that's been going through my head all week is that you are just exhausted and really you're in a place of desperation. If there is a desperate reality in your life before you leave today, we want to pray. We just want you to experience God's love poured out. Whatever you need, God can supply that need. And it just has to be personal. It has to be right where you are. And so God, as we kind of close this time of being together, we ask that you would work in us. That we would be a community of surrender and worship. That we would be a community of, of humble willingness to say yes to you in all things. So I just pray, continue to meet us where we are. Write our stories of hope. We ask that your kingdom would come and that your will would be done in us and through us here and now in this day and in this time. We say, come, Lord Jesus. We need you. And we love you and we will give glory to you above all things because you are bigger than it all and you are eternal and you can be trusted for in you and to you and through you and for you are all things to you. Be the glory forever and ever. Amen.